0: Hi everyone. Oh, like I'm quite kind of far in front of you guys. Um, good evening. I'm Jacinta. Um, we uh, have the privilege of of speaking this evening about one of the miracles that Jesus did, of which I was like, I'm going to read through all the miracles Jesus did, and then I'll choose. And I did not do that because he did so many miracles. So. Um, is this falling down very slowly? Yes. Um, so I um, is that right? Thank you. Um, I look. Like the body of Christ comes together, doesn't it, and just makes it all work. Um, full disclosure: I I work in a cafe. I work today. I had a very busy day, and then I had. A big portion of fish and chips for tea, <laughs> to the point that I'm wearing this jumper because I can't do my trousers up. So <laughs> I <laughs> feel really bloated and full. And here's the good thing: we're doing a miracle about fish, and also a miracle about people who were very tired, and Jesus came into their lives and did something amazing. Um, and they weren't too tired for that. So, you know, for everyone else who's tired, uh, end of a long week, end of a long day. Or you you don't have to be tired, that's fine. Um, but, you know, hopefully there's something to encourage all of us, because this miracle, I really feel, is full of encouragement. It is a story about Jesus filling nets with fish, and it is here to fill us with encouragement and faith. So, in your Bibles, we are in Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. Yep. Under the heading, Jesus calls his first disciples. Now, there is actually, you might have heard this story before, you might not, that's fine. It's uh, about a big, old, loads of fish being caught. And it happens now, when Jesus calls his first disciples. And then it also happens after Jesus' resurrection. And um, in, in, the, in the second time, in John, just before the kind of second incident of catching all the fish, what should I call it, the miraculous catch, I don't know what the official name is, um, right before that, in John 20, verses 30 and 31, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, which I'm just like, oh my goodness, there's even more that we don't even know when we get to heaven. I'll be like, tell us about some of the other ones. Um And then verse 31, it says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So these miracles that we're going through uh, at renewal are written that we may believe and we may have life in his name. Um, Last Sunday at City West, Johnny was talking about, from James, and he was talking about how belief leads to action and leads to change in our lives. It just follows on. When we really believe something, we live it out, we act on it. Um, So let's continue to do that as we look at this passage now. Under the title, Jesus calls his first disciples, even though, I mean, they put those titles in afterwards, but I'm still going to read that. Um, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter, that's the same guy as Simon. Sometimes it says Simon Peter. I'm not going to go into that. Um, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. That is, they followed Jesus, not Simon. Um, I really love this story. Because I can really picture it, you know, even without knowing what kind of wood they would have made the boats out of at that time. I think just this image of the nets being so empty and then so full of fish um, is so vivid. Um, Hopefully it is for others as well. I know I'm a very visual thinker. And I also just love to think about this normal day or even quite a rubbish night that they've had not catching fish. And I kind of picture this bird's eye view of looking down and there's kind of maybe a building here and then they're over here washing their nets just like "Mm, there we go and then Jesus is just coming around the corner and the disciples as they were to become just have no idea about the transformation that's about to happen in their lives that's just so exciting to me and I kind of am like I wish I could have been there and been like just you wait something's about to happen Um, yeah and the change that is brought to them isn't just they finish the day with loads of fish it's not just that they're having a normal day then they have loads of fish and then Jesus leaves it's so much more than that it's a radical change and it's a call which changed their lives completely Um, particularly for Simon that it looks at more in the passage the certainties that he has been living by are challenged he was a fisherman and that was his area of expertise Um, and he was like, I know when to fish and where to fish, and they had been fishing out at night time, not because like they like being up at night time, but because it was like at night time, that's when we're going to catch the fish, and also in the shallow waters where the fresh water is flowing into the sea, apparently that's or into the Sea of Galilee, that's like a better place to catch fish, so then for them to be like, we know exactly what we're doing, we've been doing it all night, now Jesus is coming and telling us what to do, like I wouldn't have taken very kindly to that, and um, it says, one thing I read said the translation where he says, like, master, um, we've worked hard all night, like, it can be translated as, like, boss or chief, and so it could be translated, he's like, oh, well, you know, since you said, I will happily go and put down my nets, or it also could be like, all right, chief, so, you know, we've been out all night, and then... Because you said we'll go and do it, but you know, nothing's going to happen. And it could be like quite sarcastic. So however you want to imagine it, I guess we can't know for sure. Um, and then the other, so, you know, Simon was certain about where and when he could catch fish. He's an expert on this. And the other thing which he was like certain on is that he is, He's sinful. And that he's unable to be near God due to his sinfulness. When he is, sees how holy Jesus is and he sees that this incredible miracle that he's done, his first reaction is, stay away from me, I'm sinful. And in both of these areas, Jesus makes the impossible possible. He catches the fish in a way that is like completely unpredicted. And he also makes the impossible possible by coming close to Simon, even though he's sinful. Um, ultimately, we know that Jesus' grace, which we see in this passage, is made available to all of us, to everyone, those who are here, those who are not here, by him sacrificing himself to death on the cross and being raised to life so that in all of our lives he can make the impossible possible and enable us as imperfect humans who have sinned to be in relationship once more with our perfect God. And for him to not just be like, okay, I've done that, and then leave, but to be continuously in relationship with him. Romans 5, verse 8. Just such a classic, great verse. It's always true. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to, like, go through, I won't do it now for time reasons, but, like, go through a verse... And emphasize each word in turn. And it's like any of those words we could emphasize. And it's just the most incredible truth. Like, while we were still sinners, this is about us. This is about all of us. Um, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Like, I really encourage you to do that. I say that like I do all the time, and I don't. But, I mean, this is just such an incredible truth. And then in verse 10... After Simon has said, go away from me, Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And then they go and follow him. So we see in this passage that not only does Jesus not reject Simon as he expects to be rejected, and he feels he deserves to be rejected, he not only stays close to him, but he says, I want you to stay close to me, and I want you to come and follow me, and I want to partner with you actively. And bringing his kingdom, I mean, that is just, just mind-boggling when we think that, why would God want to use us? But he does, he wants to partner with each and every one of us in building his kingdom. So, in how we're experts, what area, everyone have a little think, what area are you an expert in? You don't have to say it. And some of you might even in your head have like a modesty that's like, oh, I'm not really an expert in anything. Um, but we are all an expert in something. It might be um, your, like, you know your family really well. You know your children. You know your, you know, we all feel we're experts on our own lives. And then we'll have different areas where we're like, I know what I'm doing there. And if someone was to challenge it, we might not take kindly to it. Um, but Jesus wasn't just challenging Simon's expertise to be like I know more about fishing than you because that wasn't the point it wasn't a fishing lesson it was um, a faith lesson that even when we know something and we know something to be impossible we should be obedient and nothing is outside of Jesus's sovereignty and of his care so maybe you're like my child only eats pesto pasta that is all they will eat that is all they will ever eat. And then someone could come along and be like, have you tried giving them this? And you'd be like, have you tried keeping that to yourself? Because <laughs> I know this. Or it could be something like, we've got a diagnosis. You know, It's written down on an official piece of NHS paper. And it's like, well, this is the official document. I know this to be true. This can't change. Maybe it's a person or people in our lives that you don't talk to about Jesus because you don't just think it won't go well. You know it won't go well, and you know that they don't want to hear it. You know, there's so many things that we are like, I can be pretty certain about that, or I can be completely certain about that. Um, And there's areas that we might feel tired or exhausted or lost, or we might just feel like, that's okay, that's normal, that's life. The disciples, uh, the fishermen, I should say, You know, They may not have been like, this is the worst day ever. They may just have been like, well, this is just a normal day and it's not really going to change from this. And then the transformation came. And this message isn't just to strive more. The message of this passage isn't just to strive more in areas, but it's to fill us with faith that we might be in the right place at the right time and have empty hands and empty nets. And the difference is just jesus the difference is jesus being there and the difference is maybe putting those nets out one more time even though it doesn't make any sense to do that and a miracle happening and having so much that you can you you have to have others you have to be in community with others to pull the net in um i'm gonna turn to matthew 28 verses 16 to 20 Oh, this is all is this kind of making sense Sometimes I don't know if the connections I'm kind of like, have made in my head are actually leaps or just steps. Um, So, this is after Jesus has died. He has risen. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Worshipping earlier, I kind of had this picture of like when you go. I used to be a nanny, that's why I think about ch- children a lot. Uh, and um, when you know you go to the playground with a child and you're a bit tired and you're like, why don't you go and play on play on the uh, the play equipment over there and I'll just sit down on the bench and they're like, come with me, like come on all the play equipment with me. And I was just thinking about us. We're like that child, and God is like, okay, I'm gonna come and like. <laughs> What fit myself into the, all the children's equipment and climb up and down with you not because you know he just because he loves us, just because he loves us and he's with us always to the very end of the age so I think the story of the miraculous catch of fish can fill us with faith for all kinds of things, but i don't want to ignore that this is the disciple the, this is the story of the disciples being called to follow Jesus and being called to fish for people and there's a kind of there's an evangelistic like big element to this story there are people in our lives right now this is so challenging for me to say because I'm like then I have to do it as well um there are people in our lives right now that are going about their day and they don't know Jesus and they don't know how much he loves them and you might even somebody here you might be like i don't i just came here for the snacks i don't know jesus either so i mean talk to someone because he really loves you. Um, Yeah, there are people in our lives, and that they don't know Jesus, and their soul and their body is waiting for a radical encounter with Jesus. They are like those fishermen just washing their nets, and they don't know what's around the corner. And Jesus, he could have, you know, in the first part of the passage, he goes and sits in the boat and speaks from it, and he could have then just been like, "Now take me to shore, and then gone. But he entered into a relationship with those fishermen he made it possible to have an intimate encounter with simon and the others away from the shore he had this kind of conversation just with them on the boat and made his holy power known to them and in some of the passages before jesus has been going around healing people and it's like he could have just been like that's his thing i mean that's impressive enough to go and heal people but he's out on a boat with these people catching fish in there, he's just entered totally into their lives and their environment, met them where they are, and he's catching fish in abundance. And he calls them to a relationship with him, to discipleship, not just to head knowledge. He's not just like, "I'm gonna, I'm here to teach you and then leave." He's like, "I'm here to really enter into life with you and show you my power, and show you, show you my power, and show you my care for you." I was thinking, what would trying to imagine myself in the story and um, thinking what would my instinct or response would have been and I had to admit that if I was a fisherman and I or a fisherwoman and I, you know, was struggling and then Jesus comes and we catch this huge amount of fish, I think I would have been like, Great, let's start a fishing empire. Like, let's take these fish and sell them and then you keep on making the miraculous fish come and we'll have money and like maybe afterwards we can go and tell people about you know be disciples but this would be a great idea and I think I just would be quite short-sighted in that situation I mean just as they've had this huge success the most fish they've ever caught it's time for them to move on and perhaps Jesus is saying like yeah I, I can make you money I can catch you fish but this isn't actually about fish life isn't actually about how many fish you can catch, even though, you know, we may have great need, and we may be like, that's, it can just become such a big focus, you know, our needs and our and money and all these things, and Jesus is like, I can show you that I can do this, and I can walk away from it, and are you willing to come with me? You know, it's very challenging for them to think, who is this guy who's come along who Can get all this fish but that's not what he's choosing to do he's choosing to go around and teach people and he's asking us to follow him he was doing it to fill them with faith and prepare them to boldly fish for people with him he said leave everything and follow me and that is really challenging and i did read somewhere it was like they probably dealt with the fish first and then followed him. But it doesn't really matter either way. But, you know, sometimes practically you're like, where did the fish go after they <laughs> caught them? Um, somewhere was like, "They." it was probably written like that for dramatic emphasis that they did leave everything, and they just didn't include the details about what happened with the fish. Um, and um, another thing that struck me from the passage was He doesn't just say, okay, come and follow me. You're going to fish for people. But he says, don't be afraid. Um, So if we flick to John 21, where um, a very similar sort of miracle happens after Jesus' resurrection. I'm just going to read it out. Uh, It's from verse 1. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, "'It is the Lord,' he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "'Bring some of the fish you have just caught.' So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore." I mean, it makes me a bit tearful. That is just such a beautiful passage, isn't it? It is just a beautiful, tender moment of them having breakfast together. Like, Jesus could have been choosing to do anything, and he was like, I'm choosing to have breakfast with you guys, with my friends. And we can see the contrast in Simon Peter from before he knew Jesus and before he was his disciple to afterwards. But you know, his first instinct, the first time, is to say, at Jesus' power, he says, I'm a sinful man, stay away from me. And this time, he is happy to leave the fish. He isn't afraid of intimacy or of being close to Jesus. In fact, he dives into the water, even though they're quite close to the shore, because he's like, I can't be doing anything else apart from just going directly to Jesus and doing all he can to be with him as soon as possible. I mean, what a transformation. That is just wonderful. That is the transformation that Jesus can bring for us. Um, I saw a friend of mine this evening, and um, she was talking about how um, when she grew up, she often had this this fear of God, feeling that God was angry with her a lot of the time. Um, you know, that's something that in society is like, image of God that is put around a lot and many of us may have been through that experience of feeling anxious or feeling fearful of God in a way that you think he's angry with you you think he's annoyed that's a lie that the enemy loves to try and bring into us Um, and this is a great example of being able to look at Jesus to get the answer of what is God like and see that he has this wonderful, intimate breakfast with his disciples, and those people who knew him there in person were not afraid of him, and we don't have to have this fearful drawing away from him, but but can run and swim (laughs) to him. Um, Another small thing that struck me was that in verse 11... um, when it's talking about dragging the net ashore, it says, it was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. And in Luke, the Luke account in verses five and six, it's like they're worried that the nets are gonna break, they're worried that their boats are gonna sink. And I just thought it was so interesting that that little side note is in there that the nets didn't tear. Um, and I think I've chatted before, this is what it made me think about. I think. I've spoken before at Renewal about how uh, as women sometimes it can be seen as part of our character or our duty to kind of maybe worry or overthink um, or maybe know all the practicalities of a situation. You know, you're supposed to anticipate the feelings of all your friends and all your family members and know when everyone's birthday is and um, to anticipate anything that might go wrong and be prepared for it. Um, and maybe we can be afraid of radical change in our lives because what will we do if a miracle actually happens? Like, what are all the practicalities? And I know that I can definitely get caught up in those things. Um, I get tonsillitis a lot. And Liz and many others have often prayed with me for healing. And I actually have this, like, fear when I'm asking for healing because I'm like, well... Oh, it's like that, what if the nets break? I'm like, or well, what if I do get healed? Do I cancel my doctor's appointment? Or do I keep my doctor's appointment? Um, you know, do I, uh, uh, do I need to go around and tell everyone I don't have tonsillitis anymore and I've been healed? And then what if I get it, like, a year later? And it's like, Jesus is like, do you think I haven't thought about those things? <laughs> Do you think that I haven't taken care of the whole situation? You know, it's hard to have faith that Jesus is going to take care of the whole situation. Sometimes I'm like, what if my sister actually knew Jesus and how much he loved her and had a relationship with him? Like, what church would she go to? (laughs) It's like, I don't need to figure all that out in order to pray and have faith for that miracle, but so often I feel like I do need to. Maybe it's a bit silly. So, Jesus says, yeah, do you think I haven't thought of these things? Do you think I'm far away from you? Don't be afraid, because the nets won't break. I can do the impossible, and I can work everything around it for your good, too, and for his kingdom as well. So... Am I doing okay for time? I'm ne- I'm, I think I'm nearly done. Okay. So what are our certainties? What are our things where we're like, that can't happen. That person's never going to know Jesus. Or this is the situation in my life that can't change. Um, or maybe God can forgive other things, but not this thing or not me. Where do we feel like we're like, go away, God? Or we just don't even ask for that miracle because we're like, no. And what are our worries or fears like the nets breaking is are we kind of holding back from asking for that miracle jesus in this miracle teaches us to rely on him over all to not be afraid to draw close to him and that beautifully he doesn't he not only doesn't reject us but he wants to use us and use our skills we might not be fishers we might be fishers i don't know um but he wants to use our skills to further his kingdom and to partner with him and to show himself to others because he dwells in us, which is just so incredible. Um, and he's with us and he's calling us. He cares for us. He is inviting us to go with him and follow him and leave other things behind, but also to sit with him and have breakfast. He is amazingly you know, present with us and when we look at this miracle you know just it's not it's not really about fish it's about jesus and i was thinking we could you know chat in a bit around tables and um sometimes you know i'm definitely like oh here's a time to unload my burdens which is good you know to unload our burdens to one another and carry each other's burdens but also um I really want us to be encouraged and filled with boldness from looking at this miracle. So maybe when we chat in a little while, I think maybe we're going to sing a song first. Um, We can just, I'd really encourage you guys to encourage one another and um, for us to seek encouragement um, to, particularly for speaking to other people about Jesus, um, because we can't ignore that call to fish for people. Um, but also for boldness in many areas and the boldness to maybe even pray for miracles that we've been afraid to pray for. Yeah, I think that's everything. Thanks, guys.